and welcome to another edition of Keto Happiness Podcast with me, Rob Saunders, from North Wales in the UK. On this episode, show 16, we're with Dr. David Harper. A bit about David in a few minutes, but in the meantime, the Keto Happiness Podcast is for educational purposes only. If you're embarking on a new way of life, new way of eating, health plan, please go and see your doctor or health practitioner. Now, it works for me, but uh, it may not work for you, each to their own, but I've had some great results doing a low-carb, high-fat way of eating. And if you fancy starting it, um, rather than listen to me on how I did it, although you can listen into previous podcasts, go over to our friends, the Two Keto Dudes, at start.2keto.com as a startup uh, and a sort of baby steps introduction into the ketogenic low carb high fat lifestyle. Now, a little bit our guest today, uh, David Harper. As an educator, researcher and health consultant, Dr. David G. Harper has studied the impact of diet on human health for many years. The culmination of that extensive work is the BioDiet, a well-formulated ketogenic plan that works with the body's natural processes to improve the health and reverse decades of damage caused by our collective carbohydrate addiction. Dr. Harper and his wife adopted the BioDiet in 2012 and the weight loss and health improvements experience led him to cancel hundreds of people on the BioDiet with similarly consistent and impressive results. Dr. Harper is an Associate Professional of Kinesiology at the University of Fraser Valley in Canada and a visiting scientist at the BC Cancer Research Centre, Terry Fox Laboratory. He holds a PhD from the University of British Columbia and has completed a postdoctoral fellowship in comparative physiology at the University of Cambridge. He's on the Scientific Advisory Board of the Canadian Clinicians for Therapeutic Nutrition and is a member of the Institute of Personalised Therapeutic Nutrition. We'll be with David in a short moment. And we're joined today by uh, Dr. David Harper uh, from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, over in Canada. Hi, Dave. Hey, Rob, how are you doing over there in Ireland? Yeah, well, it's actually, I'm in Wales, so... Um, oh, you're Wales? Oh, yeah. I thought you were in Ireland, you're yeah. Wales. Okay, yeah, well, well I, I spent some time in a place called Trescythe, which was just beautiful. I have a friend oh, that lives wow. there, so I'm, yeah, I'm very fond the, of Wales. That's in the south. Uh, I'm, I'm, you probably, I haven't really got an, a, a Welsh accent, but I'm born and bred, but I'm, I'm very close to the British border by Liverpool, so I've got a little bit of a... Uh, Beatles Scouse accent and uh, oh, Scouser, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, lived in Cambridge for a couple of years, so I learned a lot of the uh, the different accents. I was getting pretty good at placing people after yeah. a couple of years. Again, I, I just read your bio then, and I noticed that you you stu- you uh, studied over in um, in in Cambridge as well. So uh, it's nice to uh, welcome you back. Um, yeah, thanks. I've been back to the islands for a while, but I uh, hope to get there soon. I've got lots of good friends over there, so a little shout out to all those folks. Fantastic. And um, the last podcast, uh, Siobhan D was on, and you featured on her um, uh, Type 2 Diabetes Summit uh, a few weeks ago, which is now available online for people to um, purchase and download. And I did have a sneak preview of your interview, which was uh, fantastic. 
Oh, thanks, and I think that's I think that's where the Ireland thing stuck in my head. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about her before we went before yeah. we started recording, and and uh, and so I had Siobhan, who is Irish, uh, stuck in my head there. So sorry about that, but um, no yeah, she's wonderful, and that was a really really good uh, good summit with lots of really cool speakers and and lots of really good information. And I hope it kind of shakes shakes things up over there. Oh yeah, and the fact that they had uh, scientists like yourself along with people who'd. Um, uh, walk the walk and warm the T-shirt, as um, Joe Public, the 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 chef guy, was the the, the Italian chef was absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating in the way he's reversed things. But back to business now. You've got the Bio Diet, which is a program and a book. Um, and looking at your website, which is ideal for this podcast because we've got half an hour, forty minutes, however we've got. Um, and when you speak publicly, you say. Give me an hour and I'll change your mind. Give me 12 weeks and I'll change your life. Now, David, uh, give me, I've given you an hour to, um, to, <laughs> to, to, to push this as much. A lot of our guests have um, been on the scientific. They've actually been doing it. There's been a few doctors. There's been people not necessarily in the um, food or diet industry, but more of change of mind and change your attitude type of thing. What is your... Um, attack on 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 the whole ketogenic low carb high fat lifestyle uh so where do you start i guess at the beginning so i i was um i was sort of taken down the rabbit hole about 10 years ago i was doing a a a radio show um uh on the local public radio here uh with a um, colleague of mine friend uh, dr richard matthias and we were talking about what's the best way to lose weight or or maintain weight loss and and we sort of i I was a kinesiology prof and 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 uh, i'd been teaching you know the conventional wisdom about about diet and about weight management and so on, which is basically a low fat, high carb diet was the way to go. Yep. Um, and uh, during the interview, he sort of asked me, you know, what what do you think is causing this epidemic of obesity? And I just spouted the party line, you know, the conventional wisdom, which was that, um, you know, obesity is a very complex, multifactorial um, condition that has complications that are genetic, that are metabolic, that are psychosocial. And he sort of very patiently waited for me to finish. And mm-hmm. he nodded at me and he said, uh, he said, David, it's much simpler than that. Now, Dr. Matthias is a physician and also the, uh, the School of Public Health at the University of British Columbia here in Vancouver. And he'd been studying in indigenous diets, too, which are very essentially ketogenic, especially up north, yeah. uh, very, very high saturated fat diets. And, and on those diets, those people don't get chronic disease and obesity and so on. And so he just waited till I finished very politely. And he said, Dave, it's much simpler than that. It's, it's a physiological response to excess carbohydrate in the diet. And, and Rob, I, I was just floored. Like I, we had what we called dead air on radio. I just, I couldn't say anything. And my co-host was sort of nudging me, like say something. And I, I was just thinking, oh my God, in my head, I've been teaching, like I, I, I know how the body works. I've been teaching anatomy, physiology, pathology, and contemporary health for more than 30 years. And, and I just said, wow, that actually makes perfect sense, but could it be that simple? And, and, and so that, that was when I was taken down the rabbit hole and I spent a couple of years, um, researching the foundations of the standard Western diet that is still mm-hmm. prescribed by our governments and health agencies and so on, yep. this low-fat diet. And, and uh, you know, Rob, I, I couldn't find it. There's all kinds of I'm, – I'm talking about science. I'm not talking about sure. you know epidemiological studies that are based on observational things from decades ago and correlational studies. I'm talking about the actual cause-effect science. And I couldn't find any science to support the notion that saturated fats cause cardiovascular disease. I couldn't find any science to support the fact that we should be on a high carbohydrate. In fact, what I found was the burgeoning 
research to indicate that just the opposite was true, that we should be really limiting the carbohydrate in our diet mm-hmm. for most people. Ketogenic diets are not for everyone. Um, and, and that the you know because you're doing that and you limit the amount of proteins um, that you have in your diet, you, you need to replace that with, with fats. And, and so the whole notion that fats are bad suddenly became fats are good in my brain. And it's just been a it's been a wonderful journey since. And you know, I I, I have now written a book, um, Bio Diet, with my wife Dale Drury, and um, and we just uh, toured across Canada um, and did some media, and I've been doing a lot of public speaking and so on. And and it's just, I, I, Rob, I've been talking to scientists, I've been talking to cancer researchers, I've been talking to physicians, I've been talking to the general public, um, and when I present the the story. Um, it's just so kind of clear and obvious that people go, oh my God, how did we do this? How did we do this 40-year grand experiment on people in the Western world to tell them to all eat these low-fat, high-carb diets? And, and we, we did. We did the experiment, yeah. and the results are in. You know, in the United States, in Canada, I'm, I'm sure, in, in Wales and the U.K., you know, in Canada, it's two-thirds. Uh, in the U.S., it's three-quarters of adults are now overweight or obese. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same in the UK. In fact, I think I think uh, Northern Ireland might have the highest rates of obesity in the British Isles. I think. I think, I think um, the stats. And there was uh, an article. Uh, it's at the moment we're recording in July uh, 2019, and the um, British Cancer Foundation, who are who are, are basically promoting the fact that uh, some can- cancers uh, and are caused or have um, links to a bad diet and obesity and there was a this big conjecture and um uh things in the media about being um fat shamed um and yeah. the, the doctors are just coming out and say look obesity being obese is a a medical term it's not a derogatory term and um and they they're totally trying they're taking it off the um the subject the fact that um weight gain and Fat and, and fat around certain parts of the body is dangerous and can contribute towards uh, an early death, or you know, um, or even a uh, a long life, but with um, but 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 being ill for that last quarter of it. Yeah, and we yeah we talk about uh, you know health span as opposed to lifespan now too, but you know that's 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 interesting because. Um, you're absolutely right, and, and their conclusions are right. I mean, I, in the in the book, I present what I call the axis of of illness. You remember <clears throat> George Bush too, and his axis of evil. I kind of yeah. I kind of borrow I kind of borrowed that. <laughs> and if you look at chronic disease and chronic disease, the 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 biggest uh, most of, uh, chronic disease that affect most of us and cause an early death are cancer, cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, and even Alzheimer's. And, um, you know, it's probably three quarters of fatalities are from those diseases. They're all metabolic diseases. And if you look at what underpins all of those, there are three key factors. So if you picture a triangle, um, uh, at the top is insulin resistance. And we can talk about what that means in a moment. Um, On one axis, one other axis of the triangle is is, uh, obesity, which is considered to be a disease in the United States. And you can, you know, that's so that the insurers can, uh, can, can pay for treatments. And then the third part of that is inflammation. And, and all of those things, make each other worse. So once you become insulin resistant, you tend to become obese. Once you become obese, you become more insulin resistant. Both of those things cause an increase in inflammation and inflammation aggravates both of those. So once you start that, once you start down the road of becoming insulin resistant, inflamed and obese, 
those things work synergistically in a vicious circle to make each other worse and worse. And eventually it will manifest itself as one of these chronic diseases. I think the root cause is of all of those is basically the same thing of cancer, cardiovascular disease. It's all probably at the mitochondrial level. Yeah. Um, uh, but so the good news is, the, well, I guess the bad news first is that, that when you add a high carbohydrate diet to that, that aggravates all of those because high carbohydrate diets make you secrete more insulin. When you secrete more insulin, you become insulin resistant. It also predisposes you to more obesity and both of those things cause inflammation, again, which make them worse. The good news is, if you pull that carbohydrate out of the diet, which you do on a low-carb ketogenic diet, I like to use the term well-formulated ketogenic diet uh, for, for, for ones like the bio diet, um, when you pull that carbohydrate out, those things start to resolve quite quickly. They diminish, and you can actually reverse a lot of the damage that's been done, and, and you can also hopefully prevent yourself, I, I estimate, uh, probably about a 70% reduction in risk of those chronic diseases um, if uh, for those that uh, it would be appropriate to be on a ketogenic diet. So, you know, that, and we know, I work at the, um, uh, I should mention, I'm, uh, I work at the uh, BC Cancer Research Center here, which is one of the world's leading research centers uh, for cancer uh, in the Terry Fox Lab, and, and we study the therapeutic benefits of ketogenic diets for uh, women with metastatic breast cancer. And we're working with our, our, our colleagues, um, they're a team at The Ohio State University, Jeff Volek's team there, um, on this study. That's where we're recruiting the, uh, the patients for the trials. And I can tell you, my, my, my colleague, Dr. Jerry Crystal, he's a world expert in, in immunology, and he works on inflammation and, and, and obesity and inflammation and, and cancer and insulin resistance. They're, they're all completely tied together. <laughs> and so we're, we're trying to, what, he, what, what Jerry's, um, Jerry Crystal's doing is trying to demonstrate the fact these low-carb diets can be both preventative but also a therapeutic for, uh, for a cancer. Uh, so that's kind of my, my most recent local focus on chronic disease and ketogenic diets. And it's great that you can back this up by real science, and it's not—it's not a a survey. It's uh, people who've, who've, you know, spent a lot of time uh, researching this area. And yeah, uh, this is this is not an observational study. Like the, the the study we're doing with Jeff Volek's team, it's the most sophisticated scientific research I've ever done. We have we have access to. Uh, actually, we were the first ever to use a digital PET scan. Um, for our, our trial participants, um, we have we do blood draws, we do tissue samples. Uh, here in Vancouver, they send us the blood samples. We do the full immunohistochemistry, so we know all the cytokines and chemokines and what they're up to. We know what the immune cells are doing. Mm -hmm. um, it is we feed the uh, patients in the trial. We feed them all the food that they eat. Uh, we weigh it before and after to a tenth of a gram. All the bowls and dishes and everything. It, it, this is an absolutely tightly controlled scientific study it's not correlational or observational this is real science and um you know it's we're only halfway through but the preliminary results are are, are really promising and and as someone whose mother died of breast cancer this is really um impactful on me because you know if i can help if i can help you know through writing this book or talking to you if i can help prevent you know one woman prevent herself from getting breast cancer or 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 help uh, a more positive treatment than then it's time well spent as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I'm a hundred percent with you, uh, with you, Dave. Um, we've all had um, family member or people that we know, uh, not only with cancer, with heart disease, with um, type two diabetes that um, you really want to, to, to help, you know, before. And, and the fact that um, people like yourselves and your colleagues are um, and doing the real science rather than um, some the, the snake oil people that um, yeah. 
that you well, may... you can you know you can you can you can demonstrate that you can prove whatever you want if you just go and sift you know there's this, this remining of old nutritional data to and then a new statistical analysis uh, I just don't pay any attention to to any yeah. of that because you can show whatever you want doing that and and I, the first thing I would ask people anybody who's talking about nutrition is to declare your conflicts, you know, where are you getting your money from? And, and, um, in, in that light, I, you know, other than the book itself and, you know, it's self-published, so you don't make money from making books. This is more about getting the word out, but we, we get our funding from the John and Lottie Hecht foundation, which is a private foundation. Um, but I don't receive any, any, uh, financial compensation for anything I do or say, or, or the website or the book, uh, other than the other than the return I get on the on the book. So, but a lot there's an awful lot of people out there, as you say, that are saying all kinds of things with all kinds of you know spurious evidence yeah. um, to support whatever they're doing. And and you got to remember the, the 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 food industry is a seven trillion dollar a year industry. It's the in transactional way. It's the biggest uh, industry on the planet. And uh, processed food is about three trillion of that, and and you know because ketogenic diets you tend not to eat any processed food. They're they're not very happy about what people like you and I are saying, and um, mm. you know they actively put people out there to uh, to to put out a contrary opinion, whether it's backed by science or not. And and I can tell you it's not. Oh, exactly. And we've uh, we've seen it in the on social media in the newspapers that um, some somebody will send a journalist who needs. Um, needs a story out and every other day it's um it's something about a certain diet or you shouldn't eat this shouldn't eat that red meat causes cancer that that type of uh spin on things and you know people that are not um educated and i've had to really read a lot of books and um got trying to get my head around some of the things like even at the beginning is eating fat is making me thin that was the uh the real um stumbling block originally and then when results started to happen and not just physical but mental results and um happiness and you know able to you know (laughs) not been able to stop you know and and not been wanting to take a rest i just want to Want to want to seize life as 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 we know. It. <laughs> you know, my friends call it the the Harper High. They say you yeah. know all of a sudden you just if you adapt to ketogenic diets and the ketones start being uh, metabolized in your brain, your brain starts functioning optimally again. It's like you know you pulled cotton wool out of your brain and you oh, you just yeah. feel pretty high on life. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty exciting it's a pretty exciting nexus point for people. Yeah. Um, it, it really helps people sustain the diet too. It does, and and but back to the the politics of things. You know, even the governments are, are you know, allegedly co-sponsored by the food industry, um, uh, the 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 pharmaceutical industry. Which at the end of the day, you can understand they they have to answer to shareholders. Um, but it, it, at the end, you know, we'll we'll look back in. You know, our ancestors will look back. And a part of this part of history will be, um, you know, uh, horrific to some people. You know, when people start realizing, when studies like you're doing come come out and um, sort of go against the the 1950s, 60s, seven countries study uh, by, our, <laughs> by our friend, which um, yeah. Ansel Keys, Ansel yes. Keys, and um, that the well, the Brit, I think it's the U.S adopted in 77 but i think the the uk adopted a similar thing in the early 80s and um thank goodness there are doctors and family doctors gps in the uk and ireland starting to read these things and not being being afraid of saying we got it wrong 
Uh, well, yeah, that's why I think if you if you rely on the science and you just present the science as it is and the facts as they are, uh, let people decide for themselves. But yeah, you, the um, you know if you look at the U.S. dietary guidelines uh, when they were first actually officially released was 1980, and then you look at the inflection point on the rate of overweight and obesity in the United States, and it just absolutely skyrockets from. Yeah. You know, under fifty percent, and then shortly, you know, twenty-five years later, three quarters of Americans are are overweight or obese, and and um, that's American adults. It's you know, and and associated rates of diabetes that follow along after that. Half of Americans are are diabetic or pre-diabetic. Sure. Um, it, we have a we have a crisis here. You know, Tim Noakes, um, uh, who I'm sure you're familiar with yeah, sure. um, yeah. from South Africa. So you know, he he's just said that you know diabetes alone has the potential to bankrupt the United States um, to the cost of treatment there, which is very expensive. And uh, you know, the estimates are somewhere within about 10 years by 2020, by sorry, by 2030. Um, the in the U.S. alone, just just treating type 2 diabetes is going to cost somewhere between 600 and 800 billion dollars a year, and uh, that's that's about equivalent to the to the Pentagon defense budget this year. So that's how much money that is, just treating diabetes. And sure, um, you know, drug companies make a lot of money from selling drugs for diabetes. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody in a drug company actually wants people to have diabetes. They feel like they're providing a treatment that will help them. But there are no drugs for diabetes, for example, that, that reverse that. They just slow the progress of the disease. Mm -hmm. So whether it's in the UK or Canada, the United States, uh, we don't really have healthcare systems. We have disease management systems. Yeah. You know, we, we we wait till things break, usually due to lifestyle issues. Like people aren't exercising, they're they're drinking too much, they're smoking. Um, you know, they're eating a poor diet, and then when it breaks, then we go and we fix it, and that's when it's most expensive, right? It's so so you can say, you know, should we, you know, say these jobs at at uh, pharmaceutical companies or in the processed food industry? Um, well, you can uh, sure you can spend your money there, or you can spend your money. You know, the other side of that coin is you're going to have to spend all your money uh, on chronic disease when these people age and, and yep. age in an unhealthy way. So um, it's a kind of a pay me now or pay me later. You know, the estimates are to, to eat a healthier diet or keto diets actually are not necessarily expensive because they're high fat, not high protein. And, yep. you know, you, you might spend a buck or two a day more on, on uh, real food rather than processed food. But um, but in the end, you're going to save yourself a whack of money uh, that you would be spending on your health care that, that, that you, we think we can prevent. So. Exactly. Um, I, I think people have to keep that in perspective. Yeah, and also um, uh, the, the the way that the the diet keeps you satiated is the fact that you don't eat as much. So that extra couple of quid, book or two, um, it, it equals itself out anyway because you're 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 technically not not eating as much of a portion because you're full all the time. <laughs> Well, you're eating you're eating uh, food that's that's uh, has a higher nutritional density. So you know, fats themselves are twice as twice as many calories, but they also carry a lot of vitamins and so on and so forth. So yeah, you're right. We do you know, you eat less food. There's less packaging. Um, there are, there are all kinds of trade offs there, uh, for sure. But um, you know, it's like anything else. You know, if cancer for existence, I I like to say you know the best way to to treat cancer is just don't get it in the first place. Oh, yeah. Um, and and so if you can avoid getting it, that's great. And uh, you know, people are people don't like change. They we because we have the ability to provide uh, food in a quick and easy and relatively low expensive way that people think tastes good. You know, and they actually design food. You know, the processed food industry they design food. Um, that that uh, you can't stop eating. You know that's yeah. the design of it is to taste so you can't stop eating it. And and then the governments are telling us to eat this diet that makes us hungry all the time because mm -hmm. of the you know insulin cycling. So so they're working hand in hand to you know advise us to eat a diet that makes us hungry. And then the food 
industry gives us food we can't stop eating, and then we wonder why we have an obesity epidemic. So exactly. it's uh, it, it's pretty clear. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then there's the the other side of the coin. When unfortunately people who are who are quite ethical and want to follow the vegan way of eating um, can't get good high fat decent protein from that way of eating you know whether it be because i you know anybody goes vegan because everybody else is i don't believe but if, if you've got an ethical or a religious belief that you should be there's nothing really out there to promote apart from um i think uh, dr will cole brought a book out called keto keto and yeah. um which uh, emphasize on a plant-based keto diet but obviously you you do have to take certain things that um, supplements or certain types of food that will substitute. But um, over here in the UK, a lot of supermarkets are promoting vegan ready meals and um, vegan fast food. But if you look into the details, it is processed rubbish. It's not really. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, yeah. That's because that's how you make it cheaply, right? It is processed yeah. rubbish. And, yeah. You know, the, the, there is sort of a... As someone late late comer to nutritional science, there is there is a bit of a battle going on there, and it's it's not just about health. Um, you know, people that choose veganism, you know, it, it may be due to um, animal welfare issues, it, it may be due to cost issues, uh, it it may be due to, um, you know, the sort of environmental sustainability issues, uh, or it may be health issues. But I can tell you on the latter, um, you know, if you're on a vegan diet and you're, and you're not heavy and you're in good health and you're not taking any medication, then it works for you. Just go for it. You know, it's not an us versus them. Um, however, you know, if you look at the numbers we've talked about, the number of people who are overweight and obese, and that is a disease and that's going to aggravate these other, uh, chronic diseases. If you think about that in a social sense and how much money we could save, if we help prevent people get chronic disease in the first place, we could put that money into environmental sustainability and 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 better ways to um, uh, more humane ways to treat animals yeah. uh, that are part of our diet and so on. Um, you know, there's there's another way to look at it. It doesn't have to be an us versus them. And you can, by the way, you can you can be vegan and keto. Uh, it's pretty tough because you'd probably have to eat a lot of soy, and uh, soy is a healthy food, but. Um, you know that includes tofu and edamame and so on, but it but it it's an estrogen disruptor too. So if you know if you're a young woman that's trying to get pregnant, it's probably not the best thing. Yeah. Um, but if you know if if you're vegan, that's your choice. But what 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 happens sometimes, Rob, is is uh, I find those arguments kind of uh, muddy the waters a little bit. When I think you are ethical, ethically and and morally obliged to provide both yourself and your family with the healthiest food possible. Mm-hmm. So you need to find out what that is, and and if and if that has other consequences, everything has consequences then we have to address those. But it doesn't mean that you don't have the moral and ethical right to eat a healthy diet. I just I just think you do. Yeah. And I think uh, for most people or, you know, a ketogenic diet, by the way, is a natural human diet. You know, we didn't really start eating carbohydrates until about eight or 10,000 years ago at the dawn of agriculture when we started living in communities and we had to have some kind of food that provide enough calories to prevent famine. And, you know, grains were things that could be stored and carried and and made into foods that would provide those calories, but um, but before that, for the other 97 plus percent of human existence, uh, we ate pretty much a ketogenic diet, mostly animal products and uh, you know fish and game and and the odd little bits of berries and and vegetables we could tolerate that were seasonal. But um, this is a natural state uh, for people, and 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 so in that natural state, most people will find it's a healthier state as well. Yeah, and I assume, and I assume with your research with people in the in the north of north parts of Canada who um, 
can't get um, plant-based food who are mainly on high fat and protein that um, there's studies out there that that uh, proves there's a lower case of obesity some cancers um, and then when the uh, us westerners start to influence them with the um, the soda the the fast food we suddenly see see a spike in in diseases starting to to creep in yeah it's, uh, it's spikes spike is better than creep in you, yeah. you it's it's dramatic if you look at uh, human populations today that eat an ancestral diet, and that includes Inuit in northern Canada, who you know eat almost certainly in the winter almost exclusively on the on their traditional diet, um, uh, mostly fat. About seventy to ninety percent of their calories from fat. If you look at the the Maasai in Africa, where you know the young males will drink seven liters of cream a day and and drink uh, blood, uh, or the or the um, pygmies in New Guinea, or the Aboriginal uh, uh, Aboriginal peoples in uh, Australia, on the, on their traditional diets. Um, there is virtually no obesity. Uh, a single case of cancer would be something worth reporting. Um, very, very little cardiovascular disease. So these are these are um, people that do live on that more traditional human diet are, are very healthy, and it's it's very dramatic. And as you say, you know, it doesn't take very long uh, when you start feeding them crap food that, that the health issues start. A good example, actually, in in, in Europe is in Rome. You know, the Italians are pretty proud of their food and have a pretty yeah. good diet, but, uh, you know, they didn't have any of the fast food stuff in Rome, but, uh, you know, Burger King and McDonald's and so on made their way in there, and, and very quickly, uh, children started getting obesity and, and child-onset diabetes and so on, and, and it's mostly the high sugar in that food that's that's causing the problem there, so yeah. if I... If I had any word of advice for anybody, it's just you know get sugar the hell out of your diet because um, it's yeah. not doing you any good. And despite the fact that it tastes good, it's it's not worth the price you pay for it. Yeah, funny enough, talking about sugar, there's um, there's a bit of a uh, a, con- uh, a race going on for the leader of one of the political parties to become the next prime minister of the UK, and the the favourite, Mr. Johnson. Um, Bor- has, yes, Boris. Yeah, yes, Boris we know of him. <laughs> has, um, I'll, I'll leave it to your own devices what I think of him, but you probably um, can sense in my tone. He is now color colorful character. He's a colorful. He character, is. But he's come out today. He's come out today, and um, there's a petition going around. Even uh, he wants. Th- we we've introduced a sugar tax on soft drinks and certain other products, and he wants to abolish. We've only just applied it in the last few years. Um, so soft drinks, they, they, there's a levy, and that levy it pays for sports in schools and uh, other health benefits that goes to uh, the, I think possibly the NHS, but definitely sports in schools. That money, and he's um, he's pledged that if he becomes prime minister, he's going to stop it. And I'm absolutely outraged. Um, uh, but the yeah, but this is this is what this is what uh, you know. The, those on the right of the spectrum do is they just see any tax as a bad tax and and can't possibly have any benefit. And you know they believe in you know more uh, personal uh, personal politics rather than social politics. Mm-hmm. And and you know whether whatever you think of that, uh, those sorts of uh, decisions they 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 may get you votes, but they certainly don't make sense in any kind of societal way. It's not helpful. It's yeah, not helpful. You know and. Uh, to to have that legacy to go down in history of you know perhaps one of the key proponents of um, causing a 
obesity epidemic you know you never know what what will come of, of this in the in the next 10 15 years that oh yeah i mean if you look at you know what ansel keys proposed and it was only ever a hypothesis that that, that saturated fats cause heart disease and put us all on this low fat diet think of all the disease and and deaths that that resulted from that and so that's why you, you have to be very responsible about these things and and as i recall boris johnson you know after he was one of the proponents of brexit and as soon as he won that one he went and hid under his desk so yeah um yeah. you know this says enough about his character i think exactly yeah and uh but let's let's steer off the politics bit uh, <laughs> uh, because okay. uh, this will become the uh, keto politics show um yeah i'd really like to talk to to talk about the journey that we take when we um when we we do the bio diet because what what makes it different from uh, i'm i i'm a i'm hungry literally hungry for any new information that comes out about the ketogenic or any lifestyle um books um uh, even even on a psychological level how does the bio uh, diet um, differ from perhaps what I've read read before, and perhaps some of the the guests that I've had on the uh, the Keto Happiness Show? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things I love about about your uh, your podcast and the other ones that I've uh, been been interviewed for and, and listened to, um, I've learned something every time I listen to somebody talk. So hopefully, your listeners right. will learn a thing or two from me and. And I, I hope to learn a thing or two from them if they want to contact me. But, um, yeah, I, I think a couple of things. Well, first of all, if you look at the books out there, and, um, you know, the book that, that I first read was was by uh, Finney and Volokh, and that's how I got to know to know those guys. Um, but that was quite a while ago now. It was almost 20 years ago. So 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 first of all, it's the, it's the latest scientifically validated information in there. But it's also one of the reasons um, my wife is a journalist and a writer, and, and I brought her... Uh, on as a partner in this project um, because we wanted to make the book as engaging and approachable and maybe even entertaining as possible so that people would actually enjoy reading it and that and and I'm a, I'm a teacher at heart and and so I kind of believe in you know uh, edutainment is you have to actually kind of engage people to, before you can teach them something sure. um, so hopefully we've done that the second thing is um you know, I'm a, I'm a researcher. I'm actually researching in this area. And uh, most of the ketogenic diet books out there, they're either by, you know, fitness professionals um, who may or may not know about nutrition. I, I don't want to discount what they're saying, but but uh, they don't necessarily have the same scientific background and training I have through University of British Columbia and Cambridge and so on. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and I'm a teacher. So, so hopefully if I have a skill, what it is is making those difficult concepts easier for people to understand. Um, the other people that write the books, they're either they're either chefs that have you know keto cookbooks, um, or, or they're um, or they're physicians. And physicians, uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same in the UK as it is here in North America. They get about five to eight hours of nutrition training during their medical school, so they don't, they aren't really experts in nutrition. So so yeah, you're totally um, right. So this is something that I, as a scientist, as I think a very well trained scientist, both in the UK and Canada, I put my brain to understanding as much as I can about this stuff, and then sharing what I've learned using you know my skills and critical reasoning skills to come up with something that I hope people can understand. Um, so that's one of the aspects. The other thing is it's it's there's lots of how-to books out there and you know some are better than others and when I asked people you know it, what, it, that have been on a ketogenic journey where did you hear about it? Oh usually word of mouth from friends. Uh, where did you learn about how to do it? Well you know I watched a few YouTube videos or whatever. That really worries me. Because um, there are some significant metabolic changes, as you know, that occur, and I really emphasize in the book how important it is uh, to work with your physician to get those benchmark 
um, numbers before and after the intervention, but also to see if there's contraindications because ketogenic diets are not for everyone. So, so that's very, very important to me that, that they have physicians involved. Um, and then um, the first part of the book is, so the second part is the how-to, and I have five steps there. Um, which allow you to ease into it. But the first part of the book is, is more the why to. So why, why are we in the mess we're in right now? And I think we've talked about that uh, already a little bit. And then that sort of axis of illness um, that underpins chronic disease. And then, and then how a ketogenic diet can help reverse all of that. And, and that's where I've used some analogies and some stories to help people understand um, just how, how relatively straightforward this process is. So, so those are the kind of different angles I've taken. I, you know, I've read, I, I own and read every keto book and have mm-hmm. tons of keto cookbooks and that sort of thing. And I just thought there was a little bit of that story that was missing. And I hope what we provided is a guide for people like yourself that have been on a ketogenic journey, but just have some questions or people that are quite knowledgeable, but they want to know what the latest science is saying. Uh, and all the way back to, you know, rank beginners that have no scientific background, they will hopefully find this book very approachable and, and, and be able to, um, benefit from, from what the wisdom I've gathered over the last 10 years, uh, counseling people on ketogenic diets and seeing what works best. And, you know, it is variable and it's not for everyone. Um, so there's some nuances in there, but it's, uh, I think it's a really helpful, I hope, I hope your readers, uh, your listeners and my readers find it a, a, a very um, useful guide. Oh, I'm sure they will. And um, even if it just brings people into eating real food and, and cutting down on processed, um, even if they do have some sort of carb uh, intake, that the, the carbs that they choose are uh, the smart choice, not not just um, uh, processed sugary sweets and breads and donuts. Yeah, and I think that's part of the what we get to because it's not just about what you put in your mouth in bio diet. It's also about the psychology and the culture and uh, you know the and, and the the emotion that's attached to food. And you know, I think what happens in our busy lives is we just you know, we get up, we stuff something in our mouth that gets us out the door. Um, you know, we crash at 10 o'clock, uh, so we stuff something else in there, and then we run out for lunch, and then, you know, maybe we put some thought into dinner, but maybe we just pick something up that's pre-prepared. So there's there's so little mindfulness associated with that. So, you know, it's interesting we just mentioned about processed food because, I, you know, if I said you want to make it simple, first get sugar out of your diet, mm-hmm. then get processed food out of your diet um, and then just be more mindful about what you're eating and, and start thinking about your food and one of the one of the reasons the French and the Italians um, have better outcomes in terms of chronic disease and so on is that they do think about their food you know they they do tend to encourage eating with other people and making the meal an important social uh, part of the day rather than just something that you you know you got to stuff some fuel in to get through the next three hours of work which we tend to do in North America, and I'm sure in the UK too, uh, from what I witnessed there is, you know, it's um, other than the, you know, Sunday feast, um, yeah. the, the rest of the week, it's just getting through the day with enough fuel to get you to the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's not a, that's not a healthy way to eat. You know, the, the Italians and the French must be, they must be thinking, why on earth do, do people rush out and get coffee to go where they can just sit down and take, take it, take it all in with a little espresso and, um, uh, and that's where you can get your work done, right? Because yeah, a lot yeah. of work is, we talk about the importance of collaboration and so on. Well, just go collaborate over a, over a healthy meal. That'll <laughs> that'll be better yeah. than, you know, having a meeting where everybody sits around watching each other get fat and then go out and stuff yeah. yourself full of, you know, scones or something. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's it's great. You know, I, I get really sort of um, motivated when people start asking me about my journey. And um, 
especially when I'm sitting down, if, if we're going out and uh, people think, oh, Rob won't, won't be able to uh, eat in this menu. Well, I can always find something and I can always find some some substitute. So it's not restrictive at all. Um, no, no, you can you can pick around what you don't want to eat and oh, you can, yeah. you know... When it when it, you can just order the the meaty bits and tell them to hold the starchy bits and and yeah. get some more vegetables that usually works for me if you're out so it's it's certainly do, certainly doable but I, I was gonna you know I heard a little bit about your journey Rob earlier because you you lost um tell me how much weight you lost and in in, in how long a period of time and how long this uh, ketogenic journey yeah. has been going for you well since uh, March 2018 March the 10th oh. to be to be exact um, I don't know how to work it out but I've I've lost since last week exactly five stones which okay uh, so that's about 70 pounds in our 70, weight i think yeah yeah 70 pounds yeah. um and uh and it's come off it came off fast initially made probably the the water initially in the first few weeks and then um it, it, it my my body shape just changed and then um I, I weigh myself occasionally just for the fact that i can tell people you know if you do this way this is how much i've lost but i, mm-hmm. I tend to, i tend to say look i've lost 10 inches off my waist in and that's that's a, that's a, weight lost off the waist is key if there's one single measurement yeah. that's that's fantastic to hear yeah and that was the key point that uh, my friend jack black who who introduced me to it said when when he pulled me over at that conference and said rob you're you're a bit um, big around the waist i'm 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 concerned about you and I've I've had no um, sort of medical incl- uh, you know worries before that. Um, I think I've always said in the podcast that it was brought to mind by a, a relative that passed away at an early age. And um, but the fact that um, I thought be just becoming fifty, you're going to get aches and pains and creaks and things like that. And then I, I realised no. Um, it doesn't have to be this way, I, you know. I'm not, I'm not creaking or, or aching when I'm putting my socks on in the morning. Um, I'm able to, you know, mess up, you know, play with uh, my my boys, uh, football, whatever, uh, in the garden, go swimming. Um, this year, I've did my very first half marathon, and I'd, I'd never thought I'd ever do 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 anything like this and and the weird thing about you mentioned inflammation at the beginning of the show um i uh, the uk is uh, prone to big high pollen counts and since the age of about nine i've always had hay fever but the past two years it's gone and i put yeah that's that's very interesting because i've i you know i, I adopted a ketogenic diet about seven and a half years ago now I, I haven't had so much as a sniffle in seven and a half years you know i used to get usual colds or whatever but i just don't get sick anymore and what we have actually discovered it was a very small study based on people that had been on ketogenic diets um and then and then looking at six months and 12 months is uh, we actually look at the immune response when we challenge the um, the white blood cells with uh, with a, both a bacterial and a viral challenge through a, a process called Luminex, and and um, we see a, a very heightened uh, immune response um, s- uh, that goes out qu- quite a ways after people adopt a ketogenic diet, and that may be what it's done for you is help to moderate an, an excessive immune response, help to provide a, a, a better one. Of course, the immune response is also part of what. What um, what helps with uh, with the cancer because it's ultimately your immune system that has to win the day with cancer. So we're hoping yeah. that not only do we diminish the ability of the cancer cells to grow because cancer loves carbohydrates, it's basically um, committed to that as a fuel. 
Um, so by reducing that and reducing insulin, which is a growth factor, you you reduce that that risk there too. So it's it's um, all kinds of all kinds of benefits there. But you know, I, I have to, I'm just sort of smiling while I listen to you talking <laughs> because we we talked about those that axis of illness, the insulin resistant, obesity, and inflammation. And you mentioned as we're talking the three things that you can actually recognize. So what what I tell when I'm counseling people or, or talking to people, like when when your friend Jack Black talked to you, is I say, listen, um, you can tell if you're obese or not. You just have to look in the mirror and get on the scale. How do you know that you're inflamed? Well, those aches and pains and creaks that you were talking about, that's, that's inflammation in your joints and your muscles. But that's not limited to your joints and your muscles. It's also in your organs and in particular in your blood vessels. And in your blood vessels, that inflammation is the cause of cardiovascular disease. Yeah. So coronary heart disease and and so so what you're feeling is aches and pains in your joints, you have to imagine that as also the same thing going on in your blood vessels, which is going to lead to heart disease. And then the third part of the axis, which is the insulin resistance. How do you know if you're insulin resistant? Um, there's a number of things that can happen, but the key thing that I always say you don't you don't need insulin to get sugar into the brain cells, the glucose into the brain cells, but you do need it for those brain cells to be uh, functioning optimally. And when they're functioning suboptimally. That's where you get mood disorders. That's where you get uh, brain fog. That's where you get memory issues. Yep. And, and, and so if you're becoming aware of those three things, if you're putting weight on and you're starting to ache and you're starting to get brain fog and your memory's lying, that's a sign that those three things of the axis of illness are all working and they're all going to aggravate each other. And eventually, if you don't change something, in particular your diet, that will manifest itself as one of those chronic diseases that that's going to shorten your life and, and make that, as you were mentioning, the last quarter of your life um, less pleasant than it should be. Yeah, and you mentioned that brain fog, you know, has got the potential to turn into um, dementia or, or Alzheimer's disease. Uh, in which, which, which we now call type 3 diabetes, too. It's uh, essentially, you know, you could, you could view Alzheimer's disease as... as as insulin resistance in the brain and and the and the and the associated inflammation that occurs from that and you know it, it, interesting to note that if you're diabetic you have more than two folds a 2.3 uh, uh, fold increase of likelihood of, of Alzheimer's disease which again sort of reemphasizes the point I was making earlier that these are just min different manifestations of the same disease and the disease in it originates in the, the mitochondria little powerhouse uh, of of the of the individual cells and when those mitochondria are healthy which they are on a high-fat, low-carb diet with lots of ketones available. When they're healthy, then you'll be healthy. Uh, when they're unhealthy, uh, that axis of illness will just start spinning, and eventually you're going to end up with with one or more of those uh, of those diseases. As, as you see, people get chronic disease. It's not usually just heart disease. They'll get heart disease and diabetes, and then they get cancer, and then they get Alzheimer's, and and they're yeah. all manifestations of the same thing. We just call them different things in in the medical system, but it's really the same thing. It's you're you're at the cellular level. You're not giving the proper fuels to your system. You're not giving the high octane fuel to your cells that they need. You're, you're, you're feeding it this, this crap sugar. It's like putting sugar in your gas tank in your car. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's, that's not going to make your car run well. And, and it's the same thing in our cells. If you put sugar, too much sugar in the gas tank, those cells just aren't going to operate properly. So the, the great news is that, you know, we've, we've shown that within even a, a few weeks, you can reverse some of this stuff. People uh, have a 75% increase in insulin sensitivity within four weeks of adopting a, um, a ketogenic diet. That's on average. And and two-thirds, or actually three-fifths of those people will never have to take um, diabetes medication again. And 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 almost like over 90% of them will, will be able to reduce the amount of diabetes. That's that's just diabetes. That's just yeah. and, and there's no drugs 
that actually reverse diabetes. They only slow the rate of progression of the disease, but through a ketogenic diet, you can actually reverse it and return yourself to optimal health and often within just a few weeks. It's just, it's just so exciting to see that when I, when oh, I see that in the yeah. people I kill. And, and I think um, if the, the, the big pharmaceutical companies and, and even the, the food companies, if they think that um, if, if they're not making enough um, or the, of the insulin drugs and metformin, whatever they, there is, if if the, what they're not um, creating with uh, money with that, they can invest in things that really we really need to research in um, that that we we can value them as a a, a, a um, uh, I'm trying to find my words a way to um, find out how to cure other diseases that are that are not preventable. Um, you know, I think I mentioned to uh, Siobhan D last last week. I heard a phrase: um, "Education, not magic medication." Yes, um, I, I heard that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So I think I'm going to get the T-shirt. So uh, I'll send you one, uh, Dave. Okay. <laughs> and um, but um, yeah, they they can concentrate on other things. You know, the um, the the food can companies. I'm sure that they'll find a spin of make of making money out of real food. You know. Um, that's, there's an economic opportunity there for sure. Um, you're mentioning, you know, the kinds of foods that are available where you are. I'm starting to see a lot of these uh, home delivery, you know, meals. We were talking about people's busy lives where they're actually yeah. pre-prepared meals. And, and I'm, I'm seeing, um, you know, some of the options are paleo or low carb or, or even keto options for people. Um, they, they could make high quality um, quote unquote processed foods yeah. uh, that are also ketogenic if they use good ingredients and, and I think people pay a premium for that so there's absolutely an economic opportunity on the food side for sure um, and then on the on the healthcare side you know if you look at, at, at the potential for ketogenic diets if adopted widely you could save in the US uh, using their numbers you could save um, maybe as much as half a trillion dollars a year uh, in in healthcare uh, costs that could go to something more productive. Uh, I'm just thinking. I don't know schools and and you know uh, environmental sustainability and getting us off uh, carbon that sort of thing. Exactly. And I think um, I had a conversation. Yeah. With, I think it was a, with Carrie Brown. Um, or my I think it was my second one, and she, she um, reversed bipolar two disorder. By, yep, that's that's been reported too. Yeah, we've yeah, had by good success. Work, with working with her doctor and um very safely and in a controlled way and she's i think she's been off meds for four or five years now but That's um, what she brought up about she's british but what she brought up she with her living in the us is the fact that um by cure by people eating a, a real food keto whatever you want to call it diet um mental health will change that could affect the fact that um, we're not incarcerating um, people that have committed crimes because they they're on a mental health mainly due to the fact that their diet and um, well-being is a contributor towards their you know uh, not thinking right doing the wrong thing and and it's the same with the um, I spoke to Susie Edge who is works for the NHS in the UK here and she's seeing that sixty percent of NHS staff are either overweight or obese because they, they, they go to their breakout rooms, what's on the table, somebody's brought in muffins or um, or donuts, so they just grab them and there's no other alternative and um, ironically there's, there's 
people posting on Facebook, they've just been into hospital for an operation, and you, and you, you know, not not um, so they've broken the leg or having a knee operation, and they ask, you know, sorry, I don't eat um, carbohydrates, and they're, they're still giving rice instead of um, sandwiches yeah. or something like that. So <laughs> it's, um, I did that one time. I ordered a, I ordered a diabetic meal uh, for a flight I was taking, just uh, stupidly figuring that. That that would be a low carb meal, and and basically it was like macaroni with a piece of toast, <laughs> and it was uh, I can't remember what else, but it, and a rice or something. It was ridiculous. Oh, it's yeah. the most, and and the fact that we we actually do recommend you know high carb diets for people that have uh, you know glucose metabolism issues is is kind of crazy. And the you know the fact that we give people insulin when they're they're insulin resistant it just makes it worse. So there's a, a lot of stuff just seems kind of like madness. It is, um, yeah. You, and uh, people are not not thinking of. Ooh. We're sort of um, not not sort of flying our own flag here by making people healthy. Uh, they're, they're going, yeah. Dave. They're going to um, they're going to turn around very soon and and realise, hope hope to goodness that they do, that um, th- this education of 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 health and well being and will will affect not only um, physical but also mental health. Yeah, and I, I think um, you you point out the right the the, the people that we really need to address are the are the healthcare providers so our, our physicians and, and nurses and others in the allied health uh, need to be re-educated on what constitutes a healthy diet for most people and and the fact that diets can be used successfully to treat and prevent disease that's a that's a long project but uh, I think um, those people uh, yeah. went into that business because they want to help people get healthy and if they can be convinced that this is the way to do it, then then they're on site. And and you know, don't wait for governments to lead the way. They just won't. It's just not in their personal or political interest to do that. It's you know, we've talked about some of the reasons for the latter. But you know, if we look at, um, I think it's 2017. Um, in the Lancet, they 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 have an annual sort of global burden of of chronic disease, and 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 they concluded that uh, food was more important. Um, a more important contributor to chronic disease globally than than uh, what we talked about before, than alcohol, than than uh, smoking, than sedentary yeah. behavior, lack of exercise, all of those combined. So so we need to look at what's on the end of your fork first. And and there's a there's a great um, you had a phrase. There's a great one I like. It's an ancient Ayurvedic proverb that says uh, when diet is wrong medicine is of no use when diet is correct medicine is of no need mm. and and uh that little that's almost like um you know a call to arms i think for for people that are trying to help others as you and i are yeah yeah fantastic well we're coming near to the end of the uh the interview dave uh wow well, that was that was fast rob <laughs> i know yeah it's uh it's it's, it's we're, we're into 55 minutes now and wow. uh uh, this is a this is a record for me, but it's absolutely been fascinating. But what I want, to want the opportunity for um, people, I will post it out in the notes of the po- podcast that uh, you're listening to. But um, tell 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 our listeners um, how you people can one. Obviously, you can buy the book from the usual sources, especially online over here in the UK from Amazon or or um, other other um, outlets. But um, how, how do we um, find out about other, th- other bits of work that you're doing? Sure. Um, well, I, the, uh, yeah, the book's available. We, we, it's just a new book now, and the, the, we haven't negotiated the foreign rights, but hopefully it'll be available like, uh, so you don't have to ship it in, in the UK soon um, and elsewhere. But uh, we, we have um, um, a web 
on, on Facebook, it's it's just a bio diet. So if you go on bio diet, uh, we have all the all the podcasts and all the information. Um, also, you could probably find me on LinkedIn, uh, David G Harper, I think on LinkedIn, and then our our website is biodiet.org. And we have there, it's really for the book right now, It's so you can kind of preview the book and have a look at how it's structured. But we have all the resources in there, like all the diagrams, the pull quotes and that are available for you to use um, and, and to have a look at and, and some media links. And um, so any of those. And then if you want to send me an email, info at biodiet.org or, or david at biodiet.org, those will get to me. And I'd, I'd love to hear from some of your listeners and hear their experiences. We, we hope to have... You know, once the once people have had a chance to read the book and adopt it, sort of a you know a testimonials page where people can share their own personal experiences. Because one of, one of the things I've noticed, Rob, is people are really excited as you are. I mean, this yeah. is really what led you to do a podcast. You're oh, so excited yeah. about the changes you've seen that you want to share this good news with other people. And and uh, so I want to provide a little bit of a vehicle for that too. But um, so any of those any of those will work. And um, and again, if you want to uh, help the cause, um, you know, if you can, if you can, the books actually should be pretty cheap because we we kept the the we kept the size down as paperback, and um, sure. so it should be you know ten quid or next or less, I would assume, um, in the UK. And and um, and if you do read it and you like it, um, if you go on to Amazon and, and provide us with a review, uh, that really helps you know with those algorithms for the um, in the same way that that liking your podcast. I encourage your listeners to do that. Uh, you know, if you like the podcast and, and, and rate it that that actually helps raise the profile so it helps us helps you and i rob get oh, the get you. the word out to people yeah i keep always forgetting that at the end of the uh the show well, i've done i've done it for you <laughs> well, amazing <laughs> you should thank like you. you should like rob's show i do and i think <laughs> i think he's doing a fantastic service so thank um you. so please uh that's that's all the encouragement that you and i need right exactly and where where can we find you um because it, this goes out to uh, our list, a few listeners over in the u.s um, will you, are you doing any conferences or any um, uh, TV appearances over there? Uh, I've done a lot of TV in Canada. Um, probably not in the states just yet. We're we're starting with podcasts and uh, and radio. Uh, we'll probably do a little bit of um, tele- television's a little bit of uh, you know it's it, it, you, you it's a, it's a bit costly. You know you you fly sure. into say you know Dallas and you have to get a hotel room and you get up and you know you you go to the green room and get your makeup and mm-hmm. then you're on there for five minutes and then they say goodbye and you got to pay for all that. So it's, oh, yeah, it, when you're sure. self-published, it's 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 a little bit pricey. But yeah. yes, conferences for sure. We are actually starting to line up. Usually those things line up. About about a year ahead of time, uh, so we're now looking at um, perhaps. Uh, I, I I don't want to mention any of them because we haven't uh, entered any agreements. But but there are a lot of like. Uh, conferences that occur mostly in the U.S. and some in Canada um, that we'll be doing next year, probably more next year than this year, uh, because I, I do also have my day job as a university professor and a yeah, cancer sure. researcher, and and so uh, so I've, so we're just going to focus on the more the social media podcasts and radio um, that we can do from home uh, for most of 2019. Then 2020, look for me out there, and I, I, I Siobhan. Uh, D was talking about having a conference over there in Ireland, and and I said I would love to come, and they said they'd love to have me. So if we can find a sponsor that will get me over there, uh, I'll be sure to let you know because I'm sure you'll be there. But um, oh, yeah, I, I again I have lots of friends in the UK. I'd love to uh, to go over there and say hi to them as well. Amazing, and you're very welcome in North Wales as well, David. Um, <laughs> but I'd like to give you a big thank you for coming on the show and uh, spending some of your valuable time on the Kita Happiness podcast. Um, it's absolutely fabulous but uh, thanks again David oh uh, thanks to you Rob for having me on and, and uh, good luck with everything you've got going and uh, I know we'll become fast friends and we'll, uh, we'll be keeping in touch in the, in the future but to, to you and everyone else out there I, I bid you health and happiness 
Thank you, David. And you've been listening to show 16 with Dr. David G. Harper on the Keto Happiness Podcast with me, Rob Saunders. Stay tuned next time and we'll uh, see you all again. Dioch and as we say in Wales, a ta-ta uan.